Hello and welcome to the Hashtag Sinbio podcast. I'm your host Zeeshan and today's theme is Educational and Environmental Synthetic Biology and I'm joined by Todd Kierkin. Todd is a Senior Research Scholar and Executive Committee Member at North Carolina State University's Genetic Engineering and Society Center. His work explores the scientific and technological frontier, stimulating discovery and bringing new tools to bear on public policy challenges that emerge as science advances. He has been appointed to the International Union for Conservation of Nature's Technical and Policy Task Force on Synthetic Biology and Gene Drives, which culminated in the first comprehensive assessment of the impacts of synthetic biology and gene drives on conservation. In 2020, he was appointed to the UN Convention on Biological Diversity's Ad Hoc Technical Expert Group on Synthetic Biology. Todd plays a very active role at iGEM as a longtime judge and by serving as the co-chair of its Sustainable Development Goals program and as the former co-chair of the Human Practices program. In today's episode, I sit down with Todd to discuss how the iGEM SDG working group was brought to life and the questions that iGEM team should be asking themselves when tackling the SDGs as well as the intense, controversial, and hopeful conversations taking place at the UN and within the Convention of Biological Diversity. Let's dive right into this episode. Could you talk us through the process of bringing the iGEM SDG working group to life? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting story, actually. So, you know, like most things uh, within iGEM, I think it started as as an idea in, in Randy Retberg's brain. And so back in 2019, we had a a meeting in in Paris, actually, um, to discuss sort of the future of iGEM, um, to talk about, you know, that the competition was moving to France. Um, How did we want to sort of evolve the competition and evolve the community moving forward? And one of the things we were talking about was, you know, how could we potentially enable the iGEM community to better participate in these global conversations and particularly the sustainable uh, development goals. And so over the course of those couple of days, you know, we talked about different ways to potentially do that, you know, whether we should make it a requirement, whether it should be kind of a prize or an incentive and, you know, and what that would look like in a new giant jamboree which is going to be right in this amazing facility in Paris, or so we thought, right, when we were discussing this back in February of 2019. Um, And so that's kind of where the idea um, originated. And so what we decided to do um, was, you know, last year was to pilot this idea. And so we formed a, a small committee and we designed it around as a, as a special prize, um, as a way to sort of introduce the concept to the iGEM community and obviously give some sort of additional incentives for, for teams to participate in this. You know, and as we were discussing this and, and looking back, I mean, the reality is, is that a lot of teams had already been doing this, right? A lot of their projects were already sort of geared around, you know, the 17 SDGs. They just weren't necessarily like, saying they were part of the SDGs. So this was a really kind of a natural fit for the iGEM community who has always really been interested in solving these these grand challenges, both globally and locally. And so this was a way to just, I think, align iGEM with more of these global conversations about, you know, reaching these, 
you know, these 17 SDGs and trying to figure out how we can solve some of these global environmental problems. So that was how it started. Um, you know, a month later, basically, as we got all got back from Paris, the, the pandemic hit. Um, and so obviously, we had to retool some of the things we were planning on doing, which was going to be an in-person event, right at the Jamboree, where we were hoping that the teams who participated in the SDGs would then kind of gather together and sort of iterate on these ideas and then get the larger iGEM community to, to start working on these things and take them forward past the, the competition. And so like everything else, we had to sort of, you know, rethink what we were doing. But the, the grand scheme or, you know, idea is that once we can meet back together again, that there will be a much bigger kind of conversation that can happen around this, this notion of the SDGs and how the the global iGEM community can better participate and put forth their own ideas and ways to actually help us get there and meet these SDGs. What are the first few questions iGEMers should ask themselves when trying to develop a project geared towards the SDGs? Like I personally think, you know, you start off an iGEM project, a local team solving a local problem, right? And then do you, then you think about the SDGs or do you like start off as the first step, okay, we want to target this prize. How can we target it in our area? I think that's one of the maybe misconceptions about the broader SDG program within the UN, right? Because I think when you look at it, right, and you look at the 17 different, you know, goals that they have, it's overwhelming, right? And then you look outside your own doors and at what's happening around the globe um, and you think, oh, how on earth, right, are we going to solve these, these problems, and so I think this, you know, this idea that iGEM has always had, which is, you know, solving local problems is perfectly aligned with the SDGs because that's actually what they're designed to do, right? That by collectively solving what's happening outside your own doors locally, that actually serves towards this greater purpose of the SDGs globally, right? So I think the process isn't really any different necessarily for an iGEM team. Right, which is okay. Let's identify a problem. Let's then, you know, discuss and think about whether synthetic biology is the right solution to that problem. Um, and then let's go about solving that problem. Right. And so, you know, I think, you know, could you go and say, okay, we want, we're interested in solving, you know, SDG number six, clean water and sanitation. Okay, great. Could you look out your door in your local community and find an issue with water and sanitation, most likely, right? And so there's nothing wrong with that. But I think actually it's it's probably better to do the reverse, right? Is to still see what the issues are in your community and then figure out how that fits into this sort of bigger global conversation around sort of meeting these sustainability development goals. And then, you know, designing your project with those with those ideas, right, and those, those metrics, for instance, that the SDGs have set up, right, and design that into your, into your project. So I think you could come at it from both ways, but I think still sort of incorporating the notion that iGEM has, which is, you know, solving local problems is probably a better way to sort of approach it because it's not as daunting, right, as if you look at it from at a global scale. One of the real reasons we wanted to do this was to, you know, 
was to get the iGEM community more engaged in these sort of global mm. conversations and debates. Because, you know, one of the resources we have on, you know, the SDG prize page is there is actually a database within the SDGs of all of these local projects that people have developed around the 17 SDGs, right? So you can go in there and, you know, pick your community or pick the SDG number that you're interested in and see who else is, is working on these problems, right? So you can, you can go there even and say, okay, maybe we can build upon something someone else is already doing. Right? And that database is there to then hope be able to evaluate the impact of those activities that you know the global community is working on to work towards meeting these SDGs. So you know it's really important that the iGEM community isn't operating in a vacuum or in isolation, right? That they understand that it's they're, that it's not just them that has to solve these problems, that they're part of a global community that hopefully working together, um, can actually move us forward in a positive way to meet these meet these goals. There, there was one really, really interesting thing that I wanted to ask you that um, I, I didn't really know how to think about first was uh, the in- interconnectedness of the SDGs, right? Because you can't just focus on one and leave the other, right? They all have to be, you all have to have positive on all of them, right? So what is um, what's why is that interconnectedness finding interdependencies so important? Um, like what does it help us address? Like does it help us address like the root cause of the problems or help us create long-term solutions? And as I said before, like I don't think I, I think it's important for Igemus to realize, you know, you're not just trying to tick boxes off, right? It's a lot more holistic than that. Yeah, so I think you know this you know, fits nicely sort of into the concepts of, of human practices as well, right? That, you know, as you mentioned that, you know, you really liked working in the lab, but, you know, there's a whole world outside of the laboratory, right? And so so you need to understand, you know, how your work actually fits into your community, right? Whether it's your local community or your country's community or the global community. And the same goes for these 17 SDGs, Right. So you could design or develop, uh, you know, a project that, you know, could solve. Right. SDG. You know, let's pick one. Right. Let's go back to number six. Right. Clean water and sanitation. Right. I'm sure you could develop an engineering system that could solve that problem. By doing that, though, you're not just operating within clean water and sanitation. Right. That system itself is part of a larger system within your community and globally. And so you do ha- you have to think about how what you're changing or what you're innovating or what you're developing and what your science is doing, how it's impacting other things, right? So if you might have solved the clean water and sanitation problem, right? But maybe you've impacted, you know, food systems somewhere else, right? Or maybe you've impacted you know, inequality somehow by making that sanitation system too expensive for everyone to be able to access, right? And so part of what we want the, you know, the teams to do is to, is to look past the solution in a sense, right? And understand how it's impacting other things, right? Now, what we'd like to say is that doesn't mean that you have to stop doing something because you're showing an impact somewhere else, Right. But you need to then be able to address that in a way, right? Because just like everything else, there's trade-offs, right? 
you know, like physics, right? You put something in, it's going to come out somewhere else, right? So like you do, you have to understand that entire system and address that, right? So, you know, just, but if it's having a negative impact somewhere, right? That doesn't necessarily mean stop what you're doing, but now you have to figure out what those negative impacts mean somewhere else and figure out sort of how to address that, right? Does that mean you need to shift what you're doing? Does it mean you need to put resources somewhere else to help address that? Does it mean you need to partner, right, with another team or another community to be able to address that other impact that that's, that's occurring because of what you've done? So we think that, you know, this SDG prize in combination with human practices sort of helps sort of expose that interconnectedness, right? And so teams can then begin to really understand what that means and then begin to sort of address those those issues that that they're identifying. 2020 was sort of the experimental year with uh, the SDG Working Group and the special prize, also to explore ideas around how best to work towards the SDGs, hitting those targets within the IGEM community. How successful was this experiment? And what lessons has the SDG group learned? I'm sure we've learned, all of us have learned a lot uh, from 2020, the past year, year and a half. But yeah, what has the working group learned? And lastly, any point where the working group had to change their approach or sort of flip the way um, IGMers address the SDGs for like 2021, 2022 and beyond? It's hard to evaluate an experiment when we didn't have any real metrics to begin with. I, you know, I would say some inside baseball, as we would say in the U.S., right, is that, you know, we had a goal of about 10 teams that would participate and we met that goal, right? So this last year was really kind of, it was sort of twofold, right? It was, all right, let's see what the teams just do, right? So let's not provide a lot of information, right? Like we have some resources and the like, and let's just see what happens, both from the team side to see, you know, you know, are they changing their projects? You know, are they coming up with new ideas? You know, how are they sort of, how are, how are the teams actually digesting this as a, as a special prize? And is it actually encouraging more teams to sort of focus on this? Or is it just, you know, an extra prize that teams can, can sign up for? You know, the other piece was, you know, obviously it's a prize. So we have a judging rubric, um, you know, so you know, last year gave us an opportunity to see, you know, how that's working. Um, are we asking the right questions in terms of evaluating a team? Um, I think that was all relatively successful. You know, so in essence, we haven't changed anything this year because, you know, actually because it's virtual again, it kind of gives us a sort of second year of data to collect, which is helpful. You know, again, before we get back to the giant jamborees where, you know, we are planning to have a lot of activities and discussions around these SDGs, you know, that hopefully, you know, in 2022, um, we'll be able to do in person. And so these last two years are kind of ways for us to to develop that program um, better moving forward. But overall, I think it's been, you know, successful. We, you know, we learned some things, you know, so this year we have some additional resources on the SDG page, including a mural application that, you know, we learned from some of the conversations we had during the the Jamboree last year. Um, And this is an application that some in the SDG, you know, working group have developed. They they initially did it for human practices, I think it was, but it's a really interesting application. It's on, you know, it's a web-based application that we think can help get teams to 
organize their thoughts and also see some of these interconnectedness. So we're going to, you know, pilot that this year to see, you know, if teams use it, if it's helpful, if it's not helpful. And, you know, like most things, iGem wise, a lot of things we scrap and start new the next year, um, but also a lot of things, you know, we actually learn a lot and we can develop better those resources with feedback from, from the teams. Who's involved in the uh, SCG working group? How many people are there? No, it's just, it's a small group of us. I think there's, I think there's five total, you know, and we've, we've, we've done that on purpose um, because, you know, we're sort of, we don't actually know where this is going quite yet. Yeah, have kind of a general framework, but, you know, because iGEM itself is sort of in this flux period. It is um, like we're developing the new future iGEM. At the yeah. Point. We don't want to like, you know, put something in place and, and have to kind of, you know, scrap the whole thing. So we wanted to use these. Learn as you go, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and use these two years to really kind of get, you know, some feedback and data and information to then be able to, you know, put together this program that, you know, was originally envisioned, you know, now two years ago, you know, in a room in, in, in Paris, you know, to put, get that into fruition, hopefully. How um, excited and hopeful are you that item teams can be part of the sort of this, these types of conversations and basically the SDG goals like post 2030, I mean, not 2030 now, but up till 2050 and beyond? My answer to that is yes, right? I'm excited, but I think the word is actually essential, right? It is essential. It's yeah, that the yeah, IGEM community better. works towards solving these problems. You know, if anything, you know, this pandemic and, you know, we're, you know, particularly in the US and other places, I think we're really starting to see the impacts of climate change, right, really come to fruition. Like this is no longer, you know, a, a scientific theory that that's going to happen in the future. Right. It's happening now. We're living um, it. We were. Yeah. Like and particularly, you know, iGemmers who are younger than me are really going to be living this more so than, you know, us older folks. Right. That were yelling about this 20 years ago. Right. No one was really listening. But now. Right. We're seeing the impacts of it. And so, yes, I'm excited that, you know, we're hopefully providing some additional opportunities and incentives for the iGEM community to refocus their attention and efforts around these 17 SDGs. But it is essential that they figure out how to solve these problems because we have run out of time. Um, and Pretty these, much. And these things need to be solved now. And like we were talking about before about the interconnectedness, that requires conversation at a global level but the problems are being solved at the local level. And so the iGEM community is, is just perfect place to be able to explore these ideas, you know, using the innovation and the excitement and the ideas and the scientific excellence that comes from iGEM, um, focusing that energy um, towards these SDGs, I think is, is just critical. Um, in order for us to really get ourselves out of the mess that we've created. That's part of the interesting thing, right, where the SDGs and the human practices piece really comes into play. Because, you know, like we say in human practices and also in, in when you explore this SDGs that like, yes, synthetic biology is this amazing, powerful tool, but it's not, it's not a, a cure for all either, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of this, these exercises is to 
see where synthetic biology can help, but also identify where it can, right? And that's where a lot of- Is it the right tool? Yeah. That's where this interconnectedness becomes really important. Um, you know, because as, you know, iGemmers know and others in the Synbio community know that, right, not everyone is, is, is a fan, right? Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. And it's, it's also critically important for, for iGemmers to understand, you know, where that's coming from, why synthetic biology might not be the best solution or any solution for some of these problems, but also where it can also be a solution. Um, and so though that is all part of both that interconnectedness, but also how, you know, I'll be blunt, how teams get evaluated in terms of their projects, right? Have they explored that? Um, so we want to be able to see that you've really, you know, thought about this um, moving forward, because what we don't want to do is create more problems, you know, <laughs> by presenting a solution that we thought was fixing something, but then has also maybe caused a problem somewhere else that we didn't think about. The last question I wanted to ask you was, uh, what are some of the conversations that you're involved with, you know, regarding synthetic biology at the UN Convention on Biological Diversity? It's an interesting time as well, right? So there, I would say there's two big sort of global conversations that are happening um, in parallel. <laughs> Um, so within the Convention on Biological Diversity, um, synthetic biology has now been discussed for, I think we're coming up on 10, 11 years now. Um, so I sit on what's called an ad hoc technical expert group um, for synthetic biology. Um, and that group, along with the, you know, the broader CBD community, has really been discussing whether or not... <laughs> Uh, synthetic biology, one, should be used at all, or whether there should be a moratorium on it. Um, but if it's going to be used, what are the impact it's going to have um, on biodiversity um, and, and the environment? Um, and so those conversations have been intense, controversial, hopeful in some times, right? Not so hopeful in other times, um, and the question really comes down to whether or not they need to develop new risk assessment protocols specifically for synthetic biology. So the convention already has risk assessment procedures for what they call living modified organisms, but they're or GMOs, right? They're the equivalent. And that happens under the Cartagena protocol. So these last 10 years, the debate has really been about whether or not synthetic biology is something so new and different from genetic engineering or GMOs, that there needs to be a whole new framework to deal with the negative impacts of it. So that conversation is still happening. Um, it will still happen for a, quite a while, would be my guess. But the other interesting thing that's happened over the last five years or so is that the International Union for Conservation of Nature, um, or IUCN, which is a global union of, of governments, conservation biologists, conservationists, um, and NGOs, began looking at synthetic biology and gene drives about five years ago at their last World Congress. And it should be interesting to note that IUCN is actually the precursor to the Convention on Biological Diversity. They're also the only NGO that has a permanent seat in the UN General Assembly, 
right? So not just the CBD, but the entire UN. So what they sort of say and sort of do carries a lot of weight. And so IUCN has been looking at what the impacts of synthetic biology and gene drives would be on conservation, right? Whether it should be a tool for conservation, whether it's going to negatively impact conservation, or whether it's some combination or of both. So I sit on their synthetic biology task force and at their next World Congress, which was supposed to have been last year, um, it's going now, it's going to be in September. Their members are going to be voting on a motion on synthetic biology, in essence, kind of laying the groundwork for what IUCN thinks about synthetic biology and gene drives in relation to conservation and environmental protection. And so these conversations that you and I have been talking about for the last you know, 30 minutes or so are real, right? These are real-time global conversations that are occurring. And there are very few actual sort of synthetic biologists that are part of those conversations. And that's why, again, it's so critical that the iGEM community engages in those conversations, particularly as the youth, both of which has a designation in the UN and within IUCN, right? So there's a designation as youth to be a part of those conversations. And so iGEM has, you know, begun to sort of, you know, be engaged in those conversations, but it's also critical for, you know, iGEM teams as you're having those conversations locally to continue that conversation because, you know, just like the SDGs, trying to solve it globally is daunting. And so, but starting sort of at your local level, um, you can begin to see sort of the impacts of those, of that dialogue. I think that's like, it's a really powerful statement when I think about what you just said, uh, you know, the past 30 minutes, what we've talking about, you know, people at the UN at that level are talking about the same thing. The conversations are the same. And I think when IGEM teams, like team members realize that the stuff they're talking about in terms of human practices and SDGs and stuff in their meeting room, the same is happening at the UN. And I think there's an extra sense of responsibility. And I think that drive, will drive a lot of IGEM projects that what we're doing is actually really important and powerful in a way. Like we hold a lot of power. And I think that's, that can drive a lot of, that's very motivating, um, where, you know, we're part of the solution, maybe. And I want it to be more than hope, right? Because yeah, no, of course. You know, being involved in those conversations, both in the Convention on Biological Diversity and within IUCN, you really get to see the impact of these environmental problems just at a, at a much different scale. And you hear the, the plight of particular regions or particular countries that, you know, are really feeling the impacts of, of both climate change and other inequalities globally, right? So that it no longer is just sort of a, something you hear on the news or that you read in a newspaper or on a blog or, right, or online. Like when you're having that conversation with someone who's standing in front of you, mm. right, who is directly feeling that impact and can relay that information to you, Right. It just has a very different impact on you. And and so it, it just makes the problems more real and, and how sort of severe and how critical it is that we come together as a global community to try to figure out solutions um, to these problems. Because 
Um, just as we said that synthetic biology might not be the solution, right? There is no one single solution to these problems. And so we need every voice at the table and every idea and every innovative right solution to be part of that toolbox and then to figure out how to use it responsibly, right? So it's both not harming, right? You know, people or the environment that it's equitable, right? That it's accessible as well, right? Because if it's not accessible to communities, then it's not a solution, right? And so that's everything that we've tried to sort of jam pack into both human practices and this SDG prize to give teams just sort of a an inclination of, of the types of things that they need to be exploring. And, and we don't expect them to solve all of that, right? Of course not. Of course. <laughs> That's not what we're trying to say, but it's trying to sort of more expose teams to uh, what the impact of their work is and, it, and could be. Because, you know, like I said before, right, iGEM is not working in isolation, that these things that they're developing and problems they're trying to solve the global community is in desperate need of help, and iGemmers can play a role in that. Any final remarks uh, yeah, or just message you know, like, to the iGemmers? Well, I'd say, you know, I encourage, you know, every team to take a look at the SDG prize, you know, also take a look at, you know, the human practices, you know, see how those things, those two things are also interconnected. And also to please reach out to me or to reach out to the SDG committee. We are, we're here to help. Uh, we're here to answer questions. We're available to come to your meetups, um, you know, if you just want to kind of have a chat or if you want us to give a more sort of detailed, you know, presentation about what the SDG prize is and, and you know, how to kind of begin to unpack it all. That's what we're here for. So please, you know, reach out to us um, and we're happy to meet with you individually as a group or as a region. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and check out our website, igem.fm, that is igem.fm. Thanks once again for tuning in. See you at the next episode.